Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 18 of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, Bill and I are live on Wednesday, February 21st, 2018. This is franchise episode number 121 all time. Uh, my name is Kurt Price. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. And uh, with me again is Bill Day. Bill's Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Note. Uh, Jeff Ponder is tending to some family matters and uh, might be joining us shortly. Uh, we shall see. His Twitter handle is at jponder94. If you want to send the show a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we'll read it on the air if we uh, have time later. And if you would like to join us on the air to talk some of the blues hockeys, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join button later on in the show. And we'll let you know when that happens. How are you, Bill? Uh, well, <clears throat> do we have to talk about the blues? <laughs> Well, we don't no. have to. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to. <clears throat> no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm good. It's the uh, last show before the trade deadline, so I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, trade deadline talk. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about you, but a couple of years ago, I started taking trade deadline day off just because I, I was never productive at work. I have done that before too. And yeah, I would listen to uh, Toronto five ninety. Mm. And uh, I'd be all over, you know, Twitter and stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> it it just so happens last year I stopped doing that because trade deadline day is usually a bust. Mm-hmm. It's just a waste of time. But <clears throat> I always take time off around my birthday, and they move the trade deadline up to coincide with my birthday. So <laughs> I'll be off Monday and parked in front of the TV. Per your request. Per my You wrote the league. Yes. <laughs> Can the trade deadline coincide with my birthday? Please. <laughs> Me and Gary, we go way back. Yeah, yes. Um, maybe you can talk to him then about things. Uh, the uh, Go ahead and visit the Let's Go Blues radio online shop if you get a chance to uh, pick up a T-shirt or a mug. Uh, the uh, Steinberg Winter Classic, uh, we announced last week during the show that uh, we'll be broadcasting a live remote segment, uh, a show, from the Steinberg Winter Classic, uh, March Saturday, March 3rd. And the show will start um, shortly after the conclusion of the Blues and Stars game, uh, which starts at 1 o'clock. So we'll be going on around 4 or so, 3.30, 4 o'clock, something like that. So we'll talk for a little while, and you know, if you're out there, come say hi and, I don't know, have a beer, have a hot dog. Or hot chocolate. Or hot chocolate. Yeah. If the weather's like this, have a hot chocolate. Oh, God, I hope the weather's not like this. Maybe put a little something A little less it. rain. Yeah. The, the temperature's fine. Less yeah. rain. It's just not going to stop raining. <laughs> it's like just coming down constantly. Well, you know, we're getting five months worth of rain in one week, oh, so. 
Uh, the official beers of episode number 121. Bill. Mm, I am, uh, I've gone back to uh, the Minnesota Brew, Surly Brewing Company, um, doing their West Coast IPA. And as I tweeted, it's kind of emblematic of uh, how the Blues fans feel about the early season success for the Blues this year. Overrated. Overrated. They, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's interesting, and we'll get into more later, I guess, about how the Blues are kind of settling back into preseason expectations now. Yeah, yeah, they're right where they, they right, they're they're right where they, we, well, right where I expected them to be, you know, on the bubble. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was I was slightly above bubble. I was like sixth or seventh, I think, uh, in the conference. Um, and I think Ponder uh, picked them to win the division, did he not? I think he did. <laughs> and that ain't gonna happen. Well, it looked like a great oh, pick through November. It did. And it's 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 frustrating because that's you know, they've they they've shown that they're capable of playing that way. And uh they're just not right now. Sorry. Right. Right. So so as I see it, the the kind of the way the storyline played out is Doug Armstrong made the deal of the off season, got the team better, got Braden Shen. We improved remarkably over having Gory Laterra here, uh, which we've covered, you know, ad nauseum over the last few shows. But Nashville's the team that made the big move and uh, brought in Kyle Turris and righted their ship. And it, it's amazing. I mean, uh, Nashville looks like the team to beat in the West this year. At them or Vegas. And uh, given Nashville's experience, I'd pick them over Vegas. Yeah, and they 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 did well to to weather the storm of not having Ellis for the first was it six weeks of the season or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, with his injury. So um, and he, they did well, and he's back. And so I thought that would hurt them more than it did. I mean, but uh, and they're riding the wave off of their playoff run last year. So um, I didn't think they would be quite as good this year, but they're proving me wrong there. So. Um, Winnipeg, I thought they were. I thought Winnipeg was going to be better, and they are. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the Blues do. But uh, so today in Blues, or my my beer, yeah, my beer is uh, one I've had a few times before. It's the Sam Adams Cherry Wheat, which I think I had it paired with M and M's last time I was on. Last time I had it, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you <laughs> and did. it was good. I have and I have the uh, Hershey's dark chocolate here, so mm. I may I may have one of those in a minute. I almost uh, almost brought a bag of caramel M and M's. I don't know if you've had those. Yet. I have. They're good. They're amazing. I'm a I'm a M M&M and M connoisseur. I try and I try and sample every kind that they have when they come out. Mm. Love them. Uh, I blame my grandma. When I was younger, she used to buy them for me to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, February twenty first, nineteen seventy nine. Steve Durbano suspended five games. He was suspended five games. Uh, he got a match and a double game misconduct in a game versus the New York Rangers. Um, and Durbano mooned the, <laughs> mooned the New York Ranger crowd as he left the ice. Right. <laughs> it, you, you have to watch the uh, the, the gif of, yep. of what happened. It, it wasn't, he, it wasn't was, pants down. There was no pantsing. It was, right. it, he, just, he mocked the, the, he bent over and mocked taking his pant, uh, shorts off. Yep. Pants mm. off. So... You know, I Steve Durbano was kind of the Sean Avery of his day, I think, with his antics. Um, yeah, yeah just, he fought a lot more. He was tougher. Yeah, one of the most colorful guys. Um, 
I remember one of the uh, one of my favorite episodes of uh, a couple of seasons ago that our uh, good friends uh, on um, Beyond Checkerdome did uh, talk for like half an hour on Durbano and and his uh, his history and his off ice problems and yeah you know very uh, very much uh, felt like uh, they were talking about Oogie Old from Slapshot. <laughs> I wish I mean he was he was a little before. Uh, my time as far as uh, what I remember from blues hockey. So, um, I wish I wished I remember more of him. Yeah. So that was seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. Yep. That was that was the first year I went to a game. I was five years old. <laughs> I was three. <laughs> so I, I don't remember, I don't recall it. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety one, February twenty first, nineteen ninety one, versus the New York Islanders. Brett Hall had five points. Uh, which included his 65th goal of the season, uh, four assists. Uh, of those, of those five points, there were four assists, and he extended his uh, goal scoring streak to 10 games, as the St. Louis Blues won their seventh straight home game, seven to two. Mm. Ten straight games with a goal. That's not something you see much of anymore. No, man. Nope. <clears throat> you don't see a lot of seven to two games either. No, not at all. <laughs> Good old 90s, early 90s. Yeah. Mark Fitzpatrick probably in that for the uh, Islanders back then. Uh, that, that's a possibility. I, I remember a game, a whole scored slap shot off the glass, off of Fitzpatrick's back into the net. It, was, it wasn't that game because it was in uh, Long Island. But, uh, yeah, he had some memorable games against the Isles back in the early 90s. Uh, fans who have, are fairly new to the sport, meaning in the past 10 years or so, Really need to, if you haven't already, go back and watch video or YouTube uh, games or segments or videos of games from the early 90s. Um, it's just, it's a completely different game. It's, 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 first of all, the skill level is just noticeably different. You can just tell them that there's, they're, they're, they're just, it's just, they're, the, the players are just, it's a higher level of skill nowadays. The skating and the and the and the equipment is different, but um, this is a style of play. I mean, there's clutching and grabbing everywhere. There's penalties everywhere, and nothing's called. So, yep. And if you if you watch the uh, the Penguins game, they threw on a couple of highlights from the uh, early '80s. Um, the Crombie goal against Greg Millen in the playoffs in '82, uh, I think it was '81, '82. And you want to talk about a difference in era. The early, the late 70s, early 80s, goaltending was awful. <laughs> By the early 90s, you've got Patrick Waugh, the butterflies starting to come into style. It's a little bit better. Equipment's getting better. By the 2000s, I mean, when you've got John Sebastian Jaguer running the table for the Ducks, almost single-handedly winning them the Cup in 03, goaltending really came to the forefront and now you watch it just how technically sound every goaltender in the league is it's amazing i mean goaltender development over that that 20 year span and, and now 30 years it's just insane it's a good thing goaltending got better mm-hmm. because uh because uh, uh the the skill level uh of the skaters the equipment the sticks um uh, everything has improved uh, so much. Uh, you know the the, uh, the one piece sticks. The one piece sticks. The off and the off season training has gotten so specific, um, and 
Yeah, I, it's a good thing goaltending got better because you you'd have a problem <laughs> in yeah. the NHL. Yeah. You'd have you'd have twelve to eight games. Yeah, all the I time. Mean, I mean, even even in the early '90s with the advent of the aluminum stick, you know that that was a big game changer. I mean, Brett Hull was equipment got bigger, right? And for goalies, right? Too big. Yeah, too big. And yeah. they've had to regulate it. And uh, still probably too big, but nah, yeah, a little bit. I I would disagree. But. You're you're a goalie. Your opinion does not count. <laughs> no. 1987, February 21st, 1987, Brett Hull set the AHL consecutive goal streak record at 14 games for the uh, Moncton Flames, and there is a plaque in the Hall of Fame with the uh, 14 pucks on it. I wonder how they, surely at the start of that streak, first two, three, four games, they didn't have the puck from those from those games. I'm sure they just got pucks from the arena or with their logo on them to make that plaque. Surely there's not, aren't, those aren't the goals he scored with. I I think it's highly <laughs> unlikely that they were all the goals. Hey. You know, the pucks that were actually used to score the goals. Because just, those, it, pucks, it, it, those pucks, you don't, you don't pull the puck. You score one goal. You that's don't what puck, I'm saying. That's play, what I'm right? saying. Well, unless you're, unless you're like in game 12, 13 or whatever, right. maybe you keep the right. puck then. But game one or two. Yeah, right. No. So that's what I'm saying. Exactly, because this this plaque is in uh, the at STL Blues. Uh, I'm sorry, the at STL. Yeah, at STL Blues history Twitter account has a, a picture of the uh, of the article, and then there's an image of the uh, plaque, and it shows it. It implies that there are the there's 14 pucks on the plaque from different um, different games, different teams they played against, and it's it implies that those are the pucks. You, I, that's what you think of, and surely it's not the case. Anyhow, uh, 1971, February 21st, 1971, Michael Place, 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 P-L-A-S-S-E, for the Kansas City Blues, uh, which was the St. Louis Blues minor league affiliate at the time, became the first professional goalie to score a goal versus Oklahoma City. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. The first professional goalie. So this was uh, this a CHL goaltender. So is it? Do they have any details on it? Was it? Was it a goal that he was the last player to touch it before it was inadvertently put into an empty net? That happened too. Uh, right. And he and he is never given credit for scoring the first goal. I mean, he's given credit for the goal, but he didn't shoot it. It was I Billy mean, Smith, right? Uh, was it Billy Smith that did that? I thought it was Billy Smith. There was a, there was someone on TV, and I can't remember who it was. There were there was an interview just the other day talked about that. But this this uh, this goaler. <laughs> the, the the title says CHL goaler scores unprecedented goal, and he's got the uh, the newspaper clipping here. So let's see what it says. Hockey fans uh, here sat in on a history making event of the night of February twenty first. They saw goalkeeper score a goal for the first time in professional hockey history. Uh, the unprecedented feat was turned in by a rookie netminder by the name of Michael Place, uh, who scored an unassisted goal by shooting the puck the length of the ice into an unguarded Oklahoma City goal with the goaler out for an extra attacker. So 44 seconds left to play uh, when he batted down the puck, batted the puck down the ice, and it slithered. It, he, battered, he batted the puck down the ice, and it slithered into the open Oki City net. <laughs> mm, man, that is that is quality writing. That is and horrible reading <laughs> <laughs> on my part. Uh, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, shopping goaltending catalogs in the early uh, late 80s, early 90s, and goalie skates were still called goalers. 
It says here at the end of the article, the closest a goaler has come to scoring in modern NHL times was when Ed, oh God, Gia coming. Eddie Jackman. <laughs> Jackman. Okay, there you go. Of the Rangers uh, hit the goalpost two years ago in a similar situation with the opposing net unguarded. NHL goalers have often been credited with assists, but none has ever scored a goal until 1971. And it's a Blues minor league affiliate. Yep. I do believe, though, going back prior to um, going back to the original six era, before they imposed rules on goaltenders leaving the crease, I I recall reading a story in my youth about a Blackhawks goalie that there was a brawl going on and the refs did not blow the whistle, and he grabbed the puck, skated down, and scored on the other goalie. The Really? Yes. You can't. Okay. So this before before, right, before the whole the, leaving the right, you can't cross center right, and you stuff. You can't cross the red line. The, the, okay. The which Patrick Law, probably the last guy I remember a goaltender stick handling at center ice was Patrick Law, and he crossed um, center. Right. I was and like, he got called for a yeah. I'm always because surely he knew the rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. Knowing why, probably on purpose. It's right. Like, no, screw he, this. He totally did. He, <laughs> screw this. He wanted to see if they call him. <laughs> Yeah, because he skated to center. It was almost like he kind of slowed down, like he wasn't going to. And then he said, oh, screw it. He goes across center. I'm this far. (laughs) Let's go the whole way. Uh, February 21st, 1987. Mark Hunter records a natural hat trick, a third of his career, um, in the third period. In the third period, to give the Blues a 3 to nothing lead versus the Quebec Nordiques. The reason why I included this is because also it goes on to say, the Blues then blew the 3 nothing lead, <laughs> went in overtime, and won on an overtime goal by Greg Pazlowski. So, And the last two goals scored by Quebec were scored in the final minute of the game. So the Blues had a had a 3-1 to one lead with less than a minute to go, and they blew it. <laughs> so it's kind of a... And that was against Quebec. Quebec. I mean, they were a terrible team. That was 87, so... Well, well they, they weren't that bad in 87. No, they, they, were bad in the early, they, they were they, bad in the early 90s, or late... Like what, eighty nine ish, eight ninety? Yeah, they were terrible. Right. No, that uh, that that may have been the year that um, they took Canadians to seven in the uh, you know the Adams Division uh, opening round of the playoffs. One of the one of the most knockdown dragout series ever played. And yeah, the Battle for Quebec. That's one to YouTube. I remember uh, in high school they had the the different newspapers USA Today. Uh, at Los LA Times, Chicago Tribune, a bunch of them uh, on dis- you know, available in the library every morning. I get to school and I would go in there before class started. Like I had like 15, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever. And I would just read the paper, the sports section, and I would look at the standings. I remember seeing Quebec. It was probably 89-ish, 90 era. And it was late in the season. And they were still in single digits and wins. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it the, was awful. The year they tanked for Lindros, probably. Yeah, they were awful. Yeah. Okay, uh, since our last show, <laughs> what did the Toast Dispatch tweet out? <laughs> I'm going to check it right now. Ah, <laughs> took a uh, screenshot. Toast Dispatch uh, having some fun on Twitter. Yeah. Took a screenshot and, uh, yep, a little comic bubble over Bill. Says, is, that, is that Nick staring at me? <laughs> hmm. It must be. <laughs> Damn you, stalker. Stalker Nick. 
Let me, uh, okay, so since our last show, let me tweet this out. Okay. Um, first off, uh, I guess Mike Yo, uh, the Blues acquired, well, we talked about the, the Shoshnikov uh, acquisition, and but Yo has said uh, since then, I spoke to him yesterday. He's real excited about joining us. Everything I'm hearing about him and the type of player that he is, I believe that he'll be a good fit with our group. And I thought that was funny. Because uh, I, I got I, I the first thing I thought of was like, well of course he'll fit in with the group it's a it's a third liner that's going to fit in with a bunch of other third liners <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we got a bunch of third liners in this team and he'll fit right in yeah um, so the Blues canceled so <laughs> well you know what um, some people are some people are <sighs> puzzlingly excited by this acquisition I, I I guess it didn't cost as much of anything. So, okay, we we got a we got a guy who can play in the NHL for a fourth liner. That's okay. That's a that's good, and he's cheap. Um, but I I, th- I I don't want people to get their hopes up for this guy. I just I mean, maybe they got something a guy who can contribute, but we'll see. He's played in the NHL before. It's not like he's like brand new and we got some kind of like hidden gem. But right, he's. What he's got going for him is he's not Chris Thorburn. Right. He's not, yeah, exactly. He's not Thorburn. He's not Yaskin. Although. I'd take Yaskin over Thorburn any day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would too. I I, I would take any, if I would take anybody over over, uh, Thorburn on this team. Uh, But the Blues canceled practice today, uh, team meeting instead, and then they sent everybody home. So you go home and you think yeah, long you go and hard home, about yeah. what you want to do for this team. <laughs> you go home and you feel shame. Um, and they, I guess they might as well try this approach because um, Yo's a practice where he skated them hard with bags or without bags or whatever. Um, bag skate. Bag skate. Um, that didn't work. Yeah. Not really. So Right. And um, that's what uh, he tried crediting that, I think, back when he did that in Minnesota. The the team responded. Well, he and had they, a tirade. They, yeah, he like slammed a stick down right. the ice he and started chewing him out. Yeah. yeah, and then you and can't then keep they doing that though. Devin Dubnik, and <laughs> they lived happily ever after. You can't keep in the first round. You can't just play that same record again. Mm-hmm. Oh, the right. team's playing like shit. Um, I'm gonna bang my stick on the ice and 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 lose my shit during a practice, and then that'll work. You can't keep doing that. That's a, that's a one trick pony kind of a thing. Otherwise, the players are like. Oh, he's doing this again. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Blues played the Stars uh, last Friday, and they lost two to one. Allen was a net, stopped fourteen out of sixteen. Uh, we outshot the Stars twenty nine to sixteen. Uh, <laughs> Blues were one for five on the power play, forty six percent on the faceoffs. Um, I don't know. I mean. Just looking at the box score, you see you outshoot a team twenty nine to sixteen. And quite honestly, that's all I did. I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I'm at the point where I really am just not making it a point to watch the game. See, if, <clears throat> if I've got time to watch the game, I'll watch the game. But here's here's the here's the thing. Allen was in goal, which to me, okay. Um, testing one two three. Testing one two three. Nick, Nick. Oh sorry. There you are. Am I in? You are here. You are here. How's your? Okay, oh, I'll be you're, quiet. You're loud too. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, it might be me. That's okay. No. Well, yeah, it is you. It's your voice. 
<laughs> I got you. I got your levels here. I'll train a little bit. Okay. How are you, Nick? I'm doing okay. Nick doing from, fine. How about you guys? Good. Nick from the Toast Dispatch has joined us on the show, guys. Um, Where are the applause? We were. I don't <laughs> I have. I don't have any faux applause. Right, he doesn't have a lap track. <laughs> yeah. I I have a crickets sound effect I could give you. Okay, let's hear. It. <laughs> I I was lying. I don't have one. Oh. I just want to know that I was that my mic was working. Uh... <laughs> that's, is that, that's the Nick intro song music. I just I like how uh, I feel like this is like a prison camera, and every time Bill looks up, like he's doing hard time or something. Do you know? <laughs> like do, we're getting... do you know why that is? Is because uh, we the TV the camera is mounted on top of the TV, and we have the Olympics on, so we're like glancing up and seeing what's going on every once in a while, and it looks like we're staring at the camera, but it's. I mean, uh, yeah, the TV, it, but well, maybe, yeah. To me, it's not like a prison. It's more like you guys are being interrogated or something, and and I'm just like watching, and Bill's looking up every once in a while, like going in, and detectives <laughs> looking at me again. I didn't do something. It. <laughs> I didn't do it. So we were talking uh, about we were talking about the uh, Blues and Stars uh, game. Just started talking about it, and uh, the first goal. Do you recall the first goal, Nick? The uh, the goal by uh, Matthias Janmark, who uh, these the the. the shot that was going 15 feet wide and Gunnarsson sticks out his leg and do you see this replay bill no <laughs> yeah. now no, we're talking about the uh, Do- oh you're not talking about uh, last night's game no this we we're just about uh, the yeah. Dallas I, game. I wanted to touch on Dallas's game first and then we'll we're gonna yeah. talk about the oh, yeah well we were at the uh, game last night anyway in San Jose but yeah that that's uh knee high deflected off the knee uh you you hated it was a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? Reaction. I I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I I, I guess one knocked the puck down, but I'm like, that thing's going 15 feet wide. What are you doing? And it of course he it went right in. So, Did I? Uh, am I break? Are, when you talk, can you hear me right now? Yes. Okay, and I mean, so I thought I don't know. It seemed like there was a delay for a second or something. I hope there's no technical difficulties. But did you hear my little joke about the? Uh, it was uh, a knee-jerk reaction. I did. I did hear an interview oh, joke. Okay. <laughs> <He> <laughs> I just, I just it. did not laugh as much, I guess, as you wanted me to. <laughs> it, I did. Well, I acknowledged just... it. You go back okay. and listen to the show. I did acknowledge it. I gave you a. I don't know what I did. I said I. I gave you a, okay, uh huh, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Okay, okay. Well, he dismissed. I, it I thought there was a pause or something. I thought it was a technical difficulty again. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't fathom how there wasn't. Uh, right. The I see. No. I see. So you, the technical no, no. difficulty. Gotcha. Okay. So you asked me a question though. The bottom line is, yeah, I saw it, and uh, so yeah, it looked like it was a classic as a goalie. And as Bill knows, you you kind of want to scream and say, "Don't touch the puck. Get away from the puck. Let me make the save. I see it all the way." And I'm sure Gunnarsson, as they say, would like that one back. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's and it's a it's not even a it's i don't know it, it wasn't even on net so i don't know what he was you know trying to block the shot for whatever reason i don't i don't know but uh so and this i thought this was funny cuz um and you know we have ripped on allen quite a bit on this show lately but the uh there was a clip from the uh the 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 uh Dallas Stars broadcast team that i thought kind of summed up allen's season and i'll play it here goes as goaltender Jake Allen made a mess of that wrister. <laughs> well, it's Daryl wow. Ray. Daryl Ray's got the best vocabulary and the the best just dis- he is the best describer of a hockey game in my opinion. 
and <laughs> that was the same. He's a former NHL goalie, so well, he can criticize. Yes, goalies. he can, and so that's that's a that's a perfect example of 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 a, of a former goalie criticizing a current goalie. And it, I don't know if you remember that it was a it was a it was a wrist shot that it was an easy easy wrist save uh, uh, goalie save, and he just it he lost it and it kind of went in his pads and he didn't know where it was and he laid on his back and it squirted out his side. It was awful. Uh, it could have easily went in, but it didn't. It went. It just so. Mm. But that was kind of funny. Yeah, you said earlier his stat line was uh, 16 shots, 14 saves. Yes. So sub 900. Save sub 900. Percentage. But but I don't blame you the goal on him for this game. That's I mean, when you break it down, that first goal was completely not his fault. I mean, it was. I mean, I if you watch it, that was totally Gunnarsson. Just I mean, it's it changes direction a good. I don't know, 45 degrees. It was crazy. So, not Allen's fault. Um, and the the goal that put Dallas up 2-0 was a slap shot that went off Petrangelo's uh, stick. I mean, at first I thought this one was on Allen because it was a slap shot. I thought he saw it, and it beat him uh, near post, um, short side. So, I, I thought, oh, that's probably what he should have had. Replay showed that it went off Petrangelo's stick. So, Allen goes to make the save, and it tips off his stick and goes over his arm. So, I'm like, yeah, you can't. That's not something I don't, I don't think you pinned on him either. So, and then the uh, the Blues goal was was they didn't get a goal until uh, like a minute a little over a minute to go in the game. Uh, it was a six on four power play goal. They pulled their goalie. They had a power play and pulled their goalie. Uh, Shen gets it from Schwartz and Tarasenko, and Shen almost missed the goal. He had a wide open net, and he went to tap it in, and he damn near missed the missed the whole net. But mm. it went in. So that's two games in a row where we pulled our goalie and didn't get scored on. So yeah, yeah things yeah. are trending in the right direction. Eh? Right, right. So that was a. Uh, that's that was concerning. That was our third consecutive loss against Dallas, or overall, and that was to Dallas. Um, so you were at the you were at the game last night, Nick. Yeah, Nick and I were up there. Okay. Um, it was the first meeting between the Sharks and the Blues. Um, Saboka was sick, in quotes, and didn't play. Which automatically, it's so funny this time of year when players are sick or don't practice. All of a sudden, Twitter blows up or social media blows up, and they're like, "Oh my God, <laughs> trade in the works." <laughs> um, but haven't heard anything yet. Uh, Hutton was in that, and he stopped twenty twenty three. Uh, Butler and uh, uh, Blay were in the lineup. So in the first period, no goals were scored. I thought it was a, I don't know, a de- this game sucked. This game, <laughs> this game was not. Did you watch the game last night, Bill? <laughs> um, I watched. <laughs> the second and third period. Okay. The first, I, this game well, was... Hold on. Let me... I, I can't even remember <laughs> how much I watched you in, it. In and out of your naps. Right. I am just not paying attention right now. This I, game I, this game was, was frustrating because... It, the officials were terrible. The official, officiating was awful. Um, the And the I thought there were, there were right, long the, stretches of this game where the Blues would just look sloppy. Mm-hmm. And they look good for a few minutes, and they look sloppy as hell for a few minutes. Right. Um, so was the the first period owned by the Sharks? Second period owned by the Blues? No. Or uh, was it first period? Was it first period was was okay. Even first period was okay. Um, the Blues had some missed chances, um, but uh, uh, I, I would say I don't know. It was, it was kind of a eh period. First period for the Blues. Second period, um, the Blues. Uh, yeah, five goals scored in the period. All five goals were scored in the second period. So Couture, um, Hutton made a pad save, and this was this was a uh, 
this is unfortunate. This was a, this is actually not unfortunate. This was um, shitty because uh, I don't like. I I mean I love Pareko, but he effed up on this play. Okay, so and and Nick, I don't know if you caught this, but you comment on it if you if you want. But the um, so Hutton makes a pad save, uh, left pad save, uh, and Couture scored off the rebound, put it up and over Hutton. But here's the thing, so Pareko and Bolmeister ended up on the same side of the net uh, during this play. When the play developed, Preko's uh, skating, trying to, to block a pass. He's with a man, and he collides kind of with Couture, drops his stick, and his stick kind of goes to the side of the net, and Preko goes to get it, and then skates behind the net, and then Couture is all by himself. So Couture is, is Preko's responsibility. Uh, Couture is just standing there. And Preko, instead of coming back to defend on the side where he just left, and defend Couture, he skates around the other side where Bowmeister already is. And so when the goal is scored, him and Bowmeister are standing right next to each other on the other side of the net. Couture is all alone. And first off, it was it was a crappy drop of the stick by Preko. He's got to hold on to a stick. It was a it was a nothing bump. He dropped it. Okay, whatever. But if he goes back the other side of the net and defends Couture, there's he doesn't score there because Preko's or probably doesn't score there because Preko's right on him. I don't I hate I like Preko a lot, but he that was that that goal, my opinion, on him. Because Hutton made a nice save and then the rebound is there and there's no blues defense in there to clear it away. And uh Couture's got a all day to score. All right, you want my take on it? I do. Take him your take. Well, first of all, your mic sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> hey, your mic's sounding great tonight. Thank you. You got a good mic. All right, thank you. I, um, your, your, your mic sounds good too. You know, here's the thing. I'd like to pretend I'm going from memory, which I do kind of remember the play, but I'm replaying it right now on the screen. So I'm kind of analyzing it in slow motion, which first and foremost, we all know that kind of like when you look at refs and are there a call, I mean, we watch it in slow motion. They have that luxury and the ref, you know, doesn't. So sometimes, you know, we get on the refs when we shouldn't, but I'm, I'm looking at this play. So I, I'm breaking it down. And what I see here as I break it down is I see, a guy that playing D, Pareko, who maybe makes a little bit of a, a, a rookie mistake in that he's leaning with that stick and he doesn't want that uh, centering pass coming uh, you know, to the crease as the guy goes behind the net. Which, who mm-hmm. is that that's going behind the net? Is that? Uh, oh, I'm not I sure. It was. But, well, anyway, as he's going behind the net, uh, Pareko's got his stick down. He's trying to keep that, pa- that pass uh, coming to the into the crease, okay, from behind the net. So he leans. As he leans, he gets his, st- his stick knocked out. As he gets his stick knocked out, his momentum carries him, rightly so. I mean, he tries to pick up his stick, but his momentum carries him toward the back of the net. Mm-hmm. I think, in my mind, what happens here is that Schwartz is right with, uh, with Pareko on that guy in front. And, and what happens, I think, is that... Uh, You've got Pareko with his back to the play now, picking up his stick. His momentum's carrying him behind the net, and he makes that decision to keep going behind the net. You know, And I think he makes that decision, and here's my main point. He makes a decision because Schwartz is with his man, but Schwartz leaves his man, and now his back is to Pareko. Schwartz is. As Schwartz, with his back to Pareko, doesn't see Pareko's not turning around. He doesn't see that Pareko's going the other direction. Schwartz goes and then starts going back to the point. He's heading to the top of the circle. He heads to the top of the circle with and never turns around to see that Pareko hasn't come back. Now that guy's all alone. And Pareko, as you rightly pointed out, 
is technically he's on the wrong side of the net now. You got two to two D to um, Hutton's right, and that I think ultimately is what happened. Is it? I think Pareko thought that Schwartz was going to stay, but Schwartz never saw the Pareko left. And by the time uh, Schwartz turns around, he he sees Pareko on the wrong side of the net, and it's too late to get back. But you can see Schwartz, uh, and now is it almost at the dot? And Schwartz is like, oh crap. <laughs> you know, Pareko's on the wrong side of the net. So yeah. I'm thinking it was a little bit on Schwartz, but it basically was a miscommunication for a moment in time where they're both looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. Neither knows who's covering who. I, I thought initially that it was on it was Schwartz's guy. Like I thought yeah. I saw Schwartz. I didn't I didn't even notice the fact that Pareko went behind the net uh, when I first saw the goal. And I saw Schwartz leave Couture, uh, or the area near Couture. And right. so I was like, oh, Oh come on, Schwartz! You know what are you doing? You, you you floated you floated high back up to the faceoff dot, right? But then I, I watched the replay. I'm like, oh wait, hold on! You know, Preko goes behind the net and out the other side. I I, I know that that Schwartz was close to Couture and Preko may have seen that, but still, Bomish is on the other side. I don't think I think Preko needs to come back for Schwartz because Schwartz Schwartz's guy is up high. Yeah, but so, the thing is, if you watch, I got the luxury of watching the replay for a fact. Schwartz doesn't, he turns his head, he snaps his head back towards, you know, away from Pareko, and he's trying to see who's behind him at the net because he wants to see where that pass is going to go. But the second he turns his back is the second that Pareko makes a decision to go forward with the stick behind the net and to go to the other side of the net. It was that split second where really it was just an unfortunate situation. I don't know if you could say Schwartz should have been looking at Pareko at that moment to, to identify that he has left his area and is going to leave it. And and to me, if you had to be technical, I mean, and, and break it down, I, I, and I was the coach at, after this game. I'd break it down with Schwartz and Pareko and say, hey, Schwartz, ultimately, when Pareko goes chasing his stick, you can't assume he's turning and coming back. You've got to at least identify that he's left his man before you go cover somebody else. I, and I, I, I yeah, anyway. I, I, excuse me. I um to me it's on Pareko to get back because Schwartz is covering for Pareko at that point. Um I think it's up to Pareko to get back because Schwartz you, has has other responsibilities than to be at the side of the net right. defending. You know, you know I'm just saying that you know Schwartz should not be defending at the side of the net. That's not his that's not his role. Yeah. So yeah, you could be right about that for sure. Pareko, Pareko needs you know, to get back. from a, a system standpoint, you're right. probably technically right that uh that uh Pareko needs to get back in his position. He right. should not have followed the guy around the net. Unless yeah. unless Bowmeister was in the corner, you know, where he's covering for yeah. Bowmeister then on his on his cuz you know, defenseman will will shift uh, if the puck's on the corner uh on Bowmeister's side, Bowmeister goes to the corner, Preko shifts uh to cover Bowmeister on that side. So yeah. If Bowmeister was in the corner, right. he wasn't. Bowmeister was was, you know, in front of the net or the side of the net. So he was he was fine. There was no reason for Preko to go over there. Uh, miscommunication like you said between him and Schwartz, I get it. Um, but I still think Preko should come back. And anyway, that's probably overanalyzing that goal. But that, I, I I saw that and I was like, and no one no one said a darn thing about Preko on that play on the broadcast. So oh. I wanted to touch on it. So yeah. Um. So uh, Barbashev scores for the Blues uh, to tie it up, which was a great shot. Which is the second second uh, really goal nice. like that for yeah top shelf yeah. kind of goal he scored in the last two weeks yeah so he's he's got a couple of those and I thought Jones actually misplayed this a little bit he was not sure I, th- I guess he would thought the pass was coming back from Barbashev or something um, which because he was when the shot was taken Jones was sliding a little to his right but uh, no really nice shot um, uh, and it was funny that 
uh, Pang was all about on the broadcast. He's all about, oh, the bench was yelling, you got two, you got two, two on one, two on one, to let Brozniak know that it was a two on one. And then he was saying, yeah, they let him know. And then he saw he saw Barbashev and he passed over to him. <laughs> After the and at the end of the game, when they interviewed uh, Brodziak, uh Pang said, "So did that bench help you out? Let you know that was a two on one?" And he goes, "Oh no, I, I knew it was a two on one." It was like kind of totally deflated Pang's point that he made during the game about how the bench, you know, made that play happen. <laughs> and Brodziak was like, "No, I, no, I, was, I knew it was two on one." <laughs> uh, um, broadcasters, yeah, you know. And then uh, Dallas scores the next two. Um, Don Skoy, zigzag passing and play uh, through, the neutral, through the neutral zone, in the blue zone. Uh, on this play, Berglund kind of got caught up, up ice trying to intercept a pass. Uh, pinched a little bit and got caught. Uh, San Jose came in three on two, and the Blues backed in off the blue line bad. San Jose entered the zone so easy, which is kind of easy to do on a three on two, but still, um, because uh, Berglund uh, was uh, caught up ice a little bit. Uh, made that that three on two happen, and then uh, it gave. Uh, and then Butler went down to block the shot, missed the angle, and then it gave Donskoy a clear look, and he picked the corner on Hutton, which was a real nice shot. So, um, Dallas's third goal, uh, Michael Bodker, uh, his twelfth of the season. San Jose came into the zone unchallenged again, three on two. The Blues D backed in. And I think Yo touched on that after the game, saying that, they, that we gave them too many odd man rushes with three on twos and easy entering into the zone. Um, both, and this is similar to the first goal that San Jose scored, both Dunn and Butler were on the same side of the ice, challenging the puck carrier, who was Tierney, uh, who actually slipped the pass um, into the slot to a breaking Bodker, who put under Hutton's pad as, as, as uh, Hutton lunged across. So on two of the three goals, the Blues defense totally out of position. So yeah, I'm well, gonna throw out too that uh, you know I'm watching the replay right now, and it looks like uh, I don't know if Shen was late in the Shen, shift. Shen but, was trying to cover, uh, and but yeah, but uh, both Blues defense went over. Butler tried to block uh, that pass, and it went off. Yeah, of, yeah. So. But it, it just Shen had enough time to get back and to cover his guy. He kind of coasted the last. Uh, 20, 30 feet. I, th- I think maybe he was late in a shift. And that's all he had left in him. But basically, if he gets one more step, like gets a step on that guy, uh, there's no goal. He doesn't. He, he gets a step on oh. him. He gets his left foot in front of him, his left skate, and he lifts his stick, and there's no goal. There's no play or anything. But he, I think he, because Shen's such a hustler, and he plays so hard, and he certainly has shown a lot of, you know, a lot of heart lately. Uh, I got to believe he was late in the shift, and that's why he couldn't get it back. But that to me, that goal's on Shen if he can if he could get there, you know. And and you're right too. I'm sure the D were backing up. Yeah, well, I, I think I think at that point too, Shen's trying to cover for the defense being out of position again. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. But I mean, it, you know, that's step one, right? Then step two, uh, the forward should be coming back, and then step three, uh, the goalie should make the save. So it's it's a process of uh, different components breaking down, but. Just because the D broke down doesn't mean the rest should break down too. No, well, right? but I thought I thought I thought Butler was out of position. That, that, I mean, I'm saying I, I know, I understand shifting happens and and players sometimes need to go where they got to go, and guys need to cover. But I don't think Butler needed to do what he did, and uh, oh, yeah. he was out of, he was out of position, and Shen couldn't cover in time for that. So 
Well, well, I'm just watching. I'm watching it right now, and it, the thing is that Shen coasted the last. If he skates hard with his head down, two more strides, he's he's caught up and passed that. He's got a a leg in front of him. He's got a step on him, and he stops that play. And I'm just I'm giving Shen some credit and saying, hey, I, that should have happened. Why didn't it? I'm gonna say, well, I'm gonna guess he was late in the shift because I can't imagine he would be, you know, not trying to get in front of that guy knowing that really the only last scoring chance that was left is is that guy right there. What did you, you know, see on that play ball? With Boykers. Mm-hmm. Do you pronounce it bo- uh, Bodker? Bodker. Yeah, Bodker. So Bodker w- would have been identified by Shen as the last guy to, to have a chance to score in that play. But I think he was out of gas. What did you see on the play you ball? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I, I saw the fact that Chris Butler is in the lineup because he's a better option than Robert Bortuzzo at this point I guess I don't know I mean what does it say about this team right now that Chris Butler has been called up to you know to kind of buttress the defense yeah we're we're struggling that mightily um I mean nothing against Chris Butler you know he he, a couple years ago he was a very solid number seven defenseman I don't think he's that anymore um you know and, and so you've got two lefty defensemen and you know they they haven't played with each other all season. Maybe they had some chemistry in Chicago last year. I don't know, but uh, you know I I think they they put Shen in a position to have to come back. And I think Nick's right. It was late in a shift. And to another you know maybe point to Shen's credit is Bodker's one of the fastest guys in the league. So if he if he recognizes that that's Bodker and he's already got a step on him. It's probably going to take his foot off the gas. Um, so the Blues actually, and I thought, you know, I thought for sure, okay, we, we got a power play late in the second. Um, but I thought, okay, chances are three to one going to the third. Doesn't look good. Then Tarasenko ends up scoring on the power play before the period ends, about 30 seconds to go, 20 some seconds to go. Um, Dunn made a real nice move to beat a, uh, a San Jose defender high in the slot. Worked in, took a shot that Jones made the save on, but couldn't find the rebound, and it squirted to the bottom of the circle where Tarasenko fired into an open net, and Jones had no idea where it was. He was looking for it the whole time. And he was the, he was the top of the top of the crease, so he was way out of net. And, right. Based on his reaction, I thought, you know, he was going to – that there was probably interference because he was so you know, discombobulated right. with the play. But, you know, clearly there was no goaltender interference. <laughs> it was, you know, he had no read on the puck. No, but but yeah, all I think all credit on that play goes to to that awesome move by Dunn. Yep, you know that just yeah he created the whole play. He did. Yep, and sidestepped a guy and then uh, took a couple strides in and and Tarasenko didn't miss. No, he didn't miss. Thank God. Oh man, that would have been. Oh, it would not have surprised me if he had shot wide or hit the post. It would not have surprised me just the way things have been going for him. Yep, and they seem to be going that way for Shen right now too. Because yeah. he had he had that the one pass that came across the slot chance for the Blues to tie very late in the game. Yep. I think Petro hit him. It was either Petro or Schwartz hit him, and early in the season, yeah, early in the season that puck's in the net. Yeah, and it just it goes off his blade and over the in net. In Shen's defense, the puck was kind of it was it was it was. Moving. If he could do that, and then if he get anywhere close to it, it's a problem. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> muted, Nick. <laughs> um. So uh, in the third period, uh, Berglund had a golden chance on a starting pass from Brodziak, um, <laughs> which um, 
it kind of it kind of sums up, and I'm picking on Berglund here. Kind of sums up his uh, his career with the Blues as far as the critics of of him go. A nice centering pass from Berglund. It was a tough play, tough pass to receive, but he whiffed on it and went off a skate, and then uh, uh, Jones made the pad save on it. So, yeah, I'm I'm um yeah I'm over Berglund at this point. <laughs> I I've been a defender of him. You know I I've always thought that his defensive side of the play uh, made up for the uh, the. Uh, over over escalated expectations for him as a scorer yeah um but now just yeah let's move on <laughs> uh i had to hey, can, I, can I, I throw out something real quick yeah go ahead hey you know i had to step away for a second but can i just throw out something undone i don't know how much you said about him but uh i just <clears> want to throw out that if there was any silver lining in anything that's happened not a silver lining but if there was anything positive to, to talk about uh i feel like i Two things that make me excited uh, about the blues, blues power, uh, excuse me, blues power play right now. I'm getting a little bit of feedback on myself. Mm. Um, <clears throat> do you think that's something? Is that something I can? Uh, am I talking too loud? You think? Uh, we're not hearing How's that? anything. Is that any better? Uh, let's see. Testing one, two, three. No, I don't hear myself anymore. Okay. Yeah. So bottom line is, I like the fact that they're putting uh, Donna as a you know basically a quarterback on the power play. And when you when you break down that play, what I really like that he does is that I like any defenseman, kind of like Shattenkirk used to be, uh, it's going to take a little bit of a chance every once in a while to make a play. Because I think a lot of times that's what it takes to have a real good offensive uh, push is you need to deactivate it and you need to make them plays, which means they got to take a chance, a little bit, a risk, maybe a calculated risk. So what I love about that play where he scores is that he shields the puck and makes a move on the defenseman from San Jose and gets around him puts himself then into a high scoring position, probability position, you know, scoring, and uh, and then rips a shot hard enough where he's got enough skill to rip that shot to where the goalie really can't manage the puck, and that leads to the goal. And I just think that that's two things. It's great that Dunn's doing that. It has that skill and ability. And two, that the coaching staff's identified that and put him in a position quickly as a rookie, more or less, to quarterback the power play. They identify quickly that, hey, this guy's can – Let's put four forwards out there, and let's see what can happen. And I like it. I think it's real positive. So I don't know if you guys commented on that or not, but we talked about his the, that play and and his yeah. contribution. I I think I think uh, Dunn has been a very nice positive this season. Um, yeah, he's, no way, no way would Ken Hitchcock ever trust a rookie defenseman no. to be the only defenseman on a power play. No, I mean that. Right. So you know, kudos to Mike Yo for that. Um, let's maybe learn some other good coaching tactics. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Berglund and Upshaw, uh, later in the third, late in the third, uh, crashed the net, uh, puck squirted free, hit the post and was sitting there. Uh, the Sharks announcers thought it was going in. They almost called goal. Uh, but, uh, Burns was there to sweep it away and, uh, out of danger by the Sharks. So Blues couldn't score on that. And there's a bad no icing call with 30 seconds to go. I, Yep. My opinion. Well, I mean, that's it was well, terrible. The officiating all night was terrible. I mean, it, the the hooking call on Scotty Upshaw, which was just like, come first on. First off, first off, I find it very difficult to hook somebody when you have one hand in your stick. Mm -hmm. right. It is almost impossible, right. unless you get your you stick know. tied up under the like like 
uh, I don't know how you describe it, like to under their arm and, and, and over their stick under their arm with, mm-hmm. and kind of wrap them that way. Right. Um, no, there's no hooking he, with one. If, if, if you're tap, if you're hitting them with a stick, you're not, you're not hooking. You can't right. hook one. Can't. The, the refs clearly weren't actually watching the play. They saw, they saw the stick come up and they saw the Sharks player lose control. It was Braun, yep. I think. And he lost control of the puck and, yep. uh, Arm come out, come goal like this. And, <laughs> yeah, terrible. And the the Brent Burns, you know, the the uh, the penalty that led to Tarasenko's power play goal, mm-hmm. absolutely horrible. Schwartz toe picked. He yep. lost his edge, and uh, yeah, it just just uh, the the officiating in you know in the NHL is just so bad. It's always been bad. It's it always been awful. I mean, I mean, we, we fans talk about how bad the fishing is now, and it's bad. But it's always been that way. As far back as I can remember, it's been awful. And it's always been... And back in the day, um, I guess the, 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 the issue was that they let everything go. Cross-check the hell of somebody in front mm-hmm. of the net. My God, the battles between Kachuk and Foot in front mm-hmm. of the net. Holy hell. Yeah. It was a yeah. war. Patrick Waugh and Dino Cicerelli. The pronger and everybody. Spearing him in the nuts <laughs> over and over and over. Uh, and and uh, hooking and holding and clutching and grabbing. Um, there was the play where you're if you're trailing a, a, a puck carrier, you're trying to catch him, you're behind him, right. you'd, you'd right. hook him yeah. and pull yourself scam. into him. Water yeah. scam. Yeah. yeah. And I when I played, I did that. I hooked the shit out of the guy and, and I pulled myself up to him. And then you're hooking him some more <laughs> as you're with him. Um, and it was never called. But And that nowadays you can't even do close right. to that. Coming out of the 06 lockout, that went away. So you, you, you guys think that really it's just a matter of, I mean, if you asked why then, so why would the officiating be bad? What would your theory be then? Because you can't, it's, a, it, it's the nature of the sport. I, 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 don't, I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's, a, it's such a fast sport. And, I, and we like to blame the officiating. The fishing is terrible. The officials are horrible. I don't think it matters who's who's official. It's going to be bad because you can't. The nature of the sport, it's a fast sport, and and the nature of the penalties that need to be called, they just miss stuff. Now, I think some officials might have a problem with assuming some things happen when they didn't, mm-hmm. um, or calling a penalty when they're not sure if it's a penalty, but right. they think something happened. They call it. They do that too much. I think they has to. Right. right. So no, I I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's that's exactly what happened on those two plays last night. It. You know, there's circumstantial evidence that a penalty occurred, but it didn't. And they're, they're, they call it during the regular season. But, you know, oh. when we, we bitch about the inconsistency between regular season and playoffs. And in the playoffs, they aren't going to call that stuff. They're, they, they put the whistles away because they don't want to make the call that leads to it in a game that has right. consequence. Right. But with all the parity in the league right now, every fucking game has consequence. Mm-hmm. So just... Put the whistles away. Stop having these bullshit. You know we're gonna focus on slashing this year. You know, well, slashing is slashing is. You don't see the slashes that you used to see. You don't see the two-handed wax anymore. No, no. Um, which is good. Um, and you don't see the hooking like you did. You see bad calls, but you don't see the players getting abused by sticks like you used to. I don't know. Let me is throw. It, I'll throw out my complaint. But real, my two cents is that. Uh, I'll say I'll say that I think the officiating's fine in one sense. But then I'll throw out at the same time one that one thing uh, maybe we'll call it a philosophy that's been going on really since ever since you know since I you know was ever ever started watching hockey which is basically the necessity uh 
you know, by the refs to, just to want to go ahead and even out calls. And it's almost a given, you know, to some degree, at least maybe less than it used to be, but it, it certainly for a long time, it was a given that if one team got a penalty or if one had four penalties and the other one had none going into the second period or third period, the other team might get at least three power plays. Yeah. Uh, and it would be four to three when it was all said and done. And that arbitrarily, you-, you know, trying to reach some happy medium between the two teams. So it's somehow quote unquote, even that philosophy always seemed to me to be, you know, to make the rest of the calls, uh, you know, suspect. You know, that um, you you saw it. I saw it that way. I'm sure Bill saw yeah. it that way, where calls tended to even out over the long haul. Yeah. But Kerry Frazier was interviewed, you know, retired referee official. Yeah. And he said that never happened. Officials never did that. They never evened out penalties. They never made the Revlon calls. The makeup calls for like, a, oh, they realized it was a bad yeah. call. They never like. I like that. The Revlon. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> that's been around for a long. It's, I, I learned that from oh, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, and Kerry Frazier will say that never happened. Yeah, well, he's towing the, he's towing the company line. Right? Well, he's I mean, he's retired. He's long company. retired. I don't I don't know if he's I don't know if he's got a horse in the race anymore. Um, is he still employed by the league for anything for? No, advisors or anything? Or anything? Loyal, no, no, he does. Uh, I think he's uh, uh, TSM pays him. One, oh, of the, well, one of the Canadian outlets pays him for uh, for a, a segment, but yeah. I I don't believe it, he is uh, uh, affiliated with the uh, okay. league. I I mean I, I I don't. I think he had. I think it's more of a pride thing. And the USA is uh, getting ready to start the game against Canada. Yeah. Puck drop. Women's hockey gold medal game. Get ready to start. Yep. Crazy that Canada has three goalies that they just interchange. Uh, former Peoria Riverman Shannon Zabados getting hmm. the call tonight for Canada. Hmm. And if, if the USA plays like they did last game, they'll win this game. I think they all play. So Canada. the luster's gone since there's no NHL players. Is that the general view? Uh oh, God, yeah. What's the 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 the. the Interest and the luster of the men's oh, oh, Olympic. Yeah, yeah. Just, it is. It was terrible to watch. It right. was. It was not good hockey. I mean, right. no, with, there, with, there's one guy, <laughs> one guy on Team USA that may have helped his career prospects out, and that was uh, Donato. He had a really good tournament. Everybody else, just like, yeah, this is why you don't play in the NHL. So you know that that I, when you see women's hockey, you know obviously the the, the level of play is not close to what the men's is. Um. I think somebody said once that uh, really good high school teams would beat the women's team. <laughs> I wouldn't go and that you, far. Uh, it's it's a different, you know, just there's there's a different approach to the game, and it's not it's not concentrated so much on the physical aspect of it. No, there's You're no checking. I mean, big, the, and there's no checking allowed us. Yeah, there's body contact. Body contact, body no, but no no right. checking. Right. Right. Although the last game, uh, the uh, the U.S. game, there were a few checks thrown. Yeah, and, there uh, were there were darn near punches thrown at the end yeah. of that U.S. Canada game. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Oh no way! Yeah, now that would have been cool. You're saying it that was, there was almost a fight. There was the well, there was a goal mouth scramble late in the U.S.A. Canada game when the U.S. was trying to tie it up. Yeah. And they had a ton of chances. I mean, really close. And right. they uh, and there was there was a uh, uh, headlocks and uh, shoving and uh, a couple of a bunch of some jabs. Yeah, it was it was right. feisty. Oh, there's a nice hit. Every See, time I look at Bill, I think he's so engaging tonight. I think, <laughs> I think he's like looking on, at me Nick. like, 
Make your like point already. Right <laughs> What'd you say? I'm just I was buying into your bit. Yeah, I couldn't. I every once in a while, if I talk when you're talking, which I should yeah, never do, that's, none of us should. But I, when I do it, it, it cuts you out, and I can't hear you then. That's mm. that's the way Hangouts works. If you if you're talking, <laughs> it is. If you're talking over somebody, it'll it tends to cut out a little bit uh, sometimes. Uh, now with, I'm laughing at myself. With Bill and I here, it'll it, it's fine because we're local. But if it's yeah. Uh, the uh, so yeah, the bad noising call with uh, thirty seconds to go. Um, that kind of sealed the fate for the Blues. I mean, people were really outraged. Uh, that's all Federico could talk about after the game. Oh, that that icing call! Can't believe that. I'm like, yes, settle down, settle down, Bernie. It was a bad call, but you know what? Even if they called icing, there's no guarantee the Blues score. They probably don't score anyway. So, <laughs> settle the, down. Right with the inconsistency on faceoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We won forty you know, less than half the faceoffs. So no. there, there was a good chance we weren't even going to win the faceoff <laughs> after what, the icing. Hey, let me- let me throw this out on that San Jose game. Um, I wanted to go to that game because we wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see San Jose's power play. I'd watched them on TV a handful of times this year, and I thought, man, they got a great power play the way they move the puck. And we just wanted to go to the game. hadn't been in a while, but there was a general feel on that game. It, it, I don't know if it was just hanging in the air, what it was exactly. You know, the players were skating hard, but you just had this feeling. And I had binoculars, so I kept looking at the bench. I wanted to see the attitude on the bench where the guys. You know, were they chirping? Were they talking to each other? What was going on? It was quiet, very quiet on the bench. Uh, some guys weren't even looking at the ice on, you know, looking on the ice at times. And the game just had a feel like, like Rutherford pointed out, you know, and I, I'm sure everybody's heard that, you know, basically there's some uh, attitudes going on in the locker room. And it just seemed to me that they had that feel on the ice. I couldn't right. put my finger exactly on it, though. So, you know, there was a lot of talk early on in the year, you know, especially with uh, players who, you know, new players on the team like Shen, just how close this team was and how, you know, what a, a tight knit group the locker room was. And you just you don't hear anything like that at this point. You know, it seems like, you know, there are a lot of players that just, you know, aren't engaged and, uh, you know, it just it it has a completely different feel like everything about this team from the play on the ice to the, the vibe that the media is throwing out about them. You just gave me a theory. Can I throw one out real quick as to why? Sure. It's not based on a whole bunch of evidence, just circumstantial at best, right? Just a few things maybe here and there. Okay. So that's a hundred percent true. What Bill just said. And those were the comments from Shen, you know, and certainly that was the general feel the, the vibe that we had coming out of the locker room into the first 10, 15, 20 games of the season. But let me throw this out. Maybe there's an outside chance. Uh, there's something going on with some of the players in the team and the goaltenders that were starting. So let me throw this out. We Everybody knows that basically after December 12th, uh, Allen's problems really started, right? At some point, he had gone after December 12th, starting from that date from his first loss and his losing streak. He won like two out of 14 games, okay? Then uh, at some point, in the as Hutton had played like 10 games and won 10 out of 12, uh, Allen comes back in, hadn't played in like a month or whatever, comes in, and I think he wins that game maybe, the game that he comes back after not playing for a long time. The, it was, that was and, the game against uh, Boston. One of them, he played really well but lost. Okay, well, you know what, though? Maybe no. Let me, I got my story wrong. Hutton wins a game, and maybe Allen's just getting ready to come back, but he hasn't come back yet. But Allen win, I mean, Hutton wins again, and they're interviewing Steen. He had the winning goal or something. They're interviewing him. And he goes and he's wearing a hat during the interview, and the hat is number 34. 
it's Alan's number yeah. and he's wearing that hat. And I, and, and I just, I looked at that and I thought, no. And he had this look on his face the whole time. Like he, like that, the cat that ate the canary, he had this look on his face. Like he knew he was doing something wrong. Like he was create, he was getting ready to stir the pot. It just struck me that way. And so I'm just wondering if there's an outside chance that a couple of the players, three or four, maybe the veterans want Alan to keep going forward. Alan was, was, was sat Hutton's, being pushed forward as, you know, starter Hutton. And I just wonder if that didn't start to create some animosity. Maybe Allen behind the scenes was crying about not playing. He's like, hey, I'm the number one goalie. Why am I not playing? If I'm not number one, trade me. I don't know. But I just wonder if the controversy didn't start there and created some kind of dissension on the team with some kind of division. What who, do you guys think? Who, know, who knows what it is? I, 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 you know what? I know that uh, from what I hear, Carter Hutton's a very well-liked guy. Right. In the locker room, he's a fantastic personality, a great guy uh, to get along with. He uh, his uh, his attitude is is great, from what I hear. So, yeah, um, 100% I agree. Yeah, and and uh, you can tell by looking, he uh, by watching. I mean, the just the okay during the um, the Winter Classic, the what was it called the 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 skills competition they had after the it was all over, and um, and the scrimmage they had with the with. Um, uh, the alumni and and uh, s- local celebrities and things. Right. Um, I, I went to it. Right. And uh, so did I. And okay. You stood in front yeah, of yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. We, we saw you there. Um, <laughs> we saw you there, we were, we were, and you couldn't help but see us. Right. There. We were blocking yeah. you. I'm uh, like, man, these three guys, these three just <laughs> stand right in front of us. Nick, who are? It's Bill. <laughs> he turned around. So, but anyway, so uh, watching uh, Alan and Hutton play in this in this in this uh, skills competition, um, Hutton seemed to have a lot more fun out there to me he seemed he he was he was uh doing uh almost like gymnastics or tumbling and whatever just uh having fun making saves and alan was going through the routine doing the normal stuff now that just may be a personality thing or whatever but uh uh, i don't know if that's uh, to me hutton seems like a guy that and from what i hear the players love him um and he's a great great guy in the locker room um and he seems the opposite of controversial he seems easygoing, well, yeah, like so. I mean, I don't, I don't know, and it, I, it could be that it could be the players just want Allen to be the guy. I'm well, not sure I, why that be the case, though, because players. I'm not sure why it'd be the case, though, because Hutton has the best numbers in the NHL. Right. I'm yeah, not sure why. I, the, I since Mike Yo took over, we we covered this last week. Hutton has the best save percentage and goals against the average. Well, had I probably, probably no, it still is. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's slipping. Well, I didn't check it after last right. game. His his. You know he he's come back down to earth, but a little bit, yeah. Over over the time frame that that Nick's discussing, I don't know. I I didn't catch that uh, Steen was wearing a thirty four hat. I didn't either. Maybe there's something to it, but isn't it also right about the same time that Jay Bo Meester came back to the lineup, and when and he he just seems awkward. You know, maybe, maybe he's the guy that upset the chemistry in the locker room. Well, uh, I mean, Ponder said a number of times that Bolmeister is done, and he looks done. Right? No, he, no. He his, look, his play is terrible. He's, his he's, play is he is he lost his stride after he had his injury uh, in the last season. He is an average to below average defenseman now, and it's just, and he's making and the money he's making is just ridiculous. So, so trade uh, for him, Ottawa. Yeah, take him, please. Take my wife, please. Ooh, that was close. Hey, well, let me throw out on the on the goaltending thing. I I I 100% agree that I mean, I I don't see Hutton as the issue at all. Yeah. I just think there's a few malcontents that were supposed to be leaders in the locker room. They might be veterans, possibly led by Steen, 
who openly objected to the fact that Allen's not the starter. In other words, he might have just said, look, okay, Hutton is playing great, and Allen is ha- having his midseason struggle. But we, maybe, not selfishly, but maybe Steen is saying, I, I want, I know hockey, and I want Allen to be pushed forward because when we go to the playoffs, that's who I want to go to the cup with. Maybe well, he said that, he meant it well for the team. I just think that, so well, I don't think Hutton's causing any problems yeah, other yeah, than the fact that his great play has uh, created maybe an issue in the locker room. Yeah, I inadvertently. I I would be surprised if that's the case. And if it is the case, then maybe Steen's not the leader or whoever's behind this, you know, is uh isn't the kind of leader this that this team needs. Well, you know what though? That's I mean, what Nick Jr. says. Well, if maybe Steen should talk to Allen and uh tell him to play better then. Yeah, because no doubt. I mean, it's all it's all unwarranted. And, yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, Junior pointed out that he thinks that the, basically the team is uh, maybe that might be part of the problem right now is that you lose Bacchus, you lose Oshi, and and I know you lose Peron. Yeah, but and, the, the, and there was rumors about Oshi not being a good locker room guy too. So I mean, Shattenkirk well, too. And well, I just meant uh, I guess where I'm going at this is that uh, maybe some of the stronger personalities or leaders on the team have left. And then are the ones who are willing to, you know, basically step up and take the flack. Uh, maybe those guys are gone right now. And the void, the vacuum that's there was not filled by Petrolangelo. And he, when I look at his personality, I think he leads by example, but I don't think he's a leader in the locker room, I'm guessing. Yeah. That, and uh, personality-wise. Yeah, that could could very well be. I, I don't think they have the kind of guy that's going to get in and in anybody's face. I don't I don't see anybody in this lineup other than Edmondson and he's injured right now that would ever get in a teammate's face. You're talking like big name. I think Upshaw would. Yeah. Upshaw, Upshaw would, would Upshaw would Brodzak would would yeah. but but that's not their place on this team. Well I mean it should be they talk They're they the talk uh, Upshaw talks more than anybody on the bench. So yeah, he's a great cheerleader, and uh, yeah. I love Upshaw. I, I think for I mean, the money he makes and what he what he contributes, I think he's a fantastic fourth line player. I like him. Yeah. No, Are you the, guys ready to blow up the team? Um, How do you feel? Because there's so much talk about it. I'm, well, okay. The, the, I'm the, ready. We, I'm ready for changes to be made. Yeah, and I think then that can the, we can talk about that because uh, the next topic is the Blues are currently they have a 59.4 chance of making the playoffs according to uh, SportsClubStats.com. So. Um, do like trade deadlines coming up um some moves can be made i'm with bill i th- I'm, i want moves to be made i don't want to blow it up that's blowing it up implies implies you're getting rid of big contracts rebuilding um and chances are you miss the playoffs for a couple of years or whatever um i i and i don't i don't think the blues have to do that they have a uh, a, a good core to build around. The problem is, is that they don't have uh, the depth scoring. I think, I think uh, it, healthy on defense, they're good. I think uh, getting Fabry back next year would be tremendous, assuming he can come close to how he was before he got hurt, before his knee injuries. Um, that's a big if, but hopefully, you know, modern medicine today, and he'll be okay. Um, I think if they can get rid of big contracts, uh, like, like dead weight contracts like Bowmeister and Berglund, um, I wouldn't be against Steen leaving. I like Steen, but his contract hurts. Yeah, he's um, he's not the player that signed that contract. He's not, but he's I mean, he, but he's really streaky, and um, 
And like he can uh, score empty net goals like nobody's business. <laughs> he has three. He has three. Somebody said on Twitter today, he's like, uh, you know, he wouldn't mind seeing Steen traded because uh, he's uh, he he's got yeah he's got thirteen goals, but uh, most are empty nets. Three are empty nets. <laughs> he's got three empty net goals. Um, they just happen to come like in a really short span, and that's right, right, <laughs> right. it's what he's known for for a while. Yeah. No, I. You know, I I just. Every, I think every team at this point. Oh, we have a checking penalty. Oh, against U.S. Against Canada. Canada. Yeah. No. No. Yep. Nope. It's a body check in the offensive zone. Oh, okay. I was. I had it backwards. There you go. Yeah. So the USA have a chance to do anything? Are they was, uh, this gold medal game? I guess they're still playing. This is gold medal game. I mean, yeah. This, this is this, well, this, this is the women's. Oh, the women's gold medal. Yeah, right, right, right. The, the, oh, I thought you the were tournament the that matters. Yeah, the one that has good hockey. <laughs> oh, that's huge! Didn't they play uh, four years ago to, against each other? Yeah, they they've played USA every <laughs> except uh, what Sweden knocked the U.S. out in one year. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Canada's won every year since the U.S. won the first one. Yeah, uh, the U.S. won in Nagano, and Canada's gold ever since. And uh, I think. Based on the way they played, I think U.S. should win this game. But oh, just missed Amanda Kessel in the slot. So okay, um, do the Blues make the playoffs? I assume it a lot hinges in the next few days over the what if they do anything before the trade deadline, if they decide to add some pieces that will help the team this year, or what. But assuming they can make a move to help the team a little bit this year, which hopefully they do, are they making the playoffs, Bill? Uh, it's it's too hard to say. Um, Wait, this would be a better um, question for next show, but right after the deadline, um, right? I think I, I think you're right about that. But <sighs> over the last few seasons, they have seemed to improve their game. I mean, last year they improved their game after Hitchcock was canned, and there was just you know it, it was time for the guy to go. And uh, by five years, by my estimation, but it was time for him to go. He left. <laughs> There's a weight off the shoulders. You know, three hundred pound weight. Ha 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 joke about Hitchcock's weight <laughs> and um, you know, they they turned it around but they've, they've seemed to be a better stretch run team over the last few years and if they can find that if they can put some cohesiveness together whether or not they make a move I think they need to make a move I think they you know they, I, I think they have to make a right, move they, they need depth scoring and they need especially with Edmondson out still another four weeks they need to bring in a defenseman yeah I uh, I I I uh... I, I agree with you, uh, quite a bit. So, uh, Nick, what are they yeah, are they cool. making the playoffs or are they making a move or what? Maybe this is the worst thing we can say about the Blues right now. It might depend more on the people that are uh, underneath them right now than it does the Blues. Right. In other words, they've right. probably given it. It's out of their hands now to some degree with with the games in hand that they have. Uh, they're making up. Be, they're making up yeah, those games. Not, they, they, I mean, the, what yeah. the, some of the teams have like one game in hand now behind them. Yeah, no doubt. It's not like right. it was it, a month ago. We, it's not right. five games. Right. Mm-hmm. That when Nashville was even with us with six games in hand or whatever it was, it was, it was disgusting. Five. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was, so that's number one to me that that might be a little bit uh, out of their hands now. Uh, I think the other teams uh, two three weeks ago smelled blood and they're all pushing. Everybody now, even Colorado, saying, "Hey, we could still make it," you know, and and so. My gut feeling is is that but what Bill said makes a lot of sense too. Traditionally, historically, the last number of years, the Blues make a real strong push the last 20 games or so. Patrick so, Berglund but the learns general, how to score again. 
Yeah, well, but the general feel is right now to date is that the direction is just down. Yeah, they're going down in that in a, in a, you know just a, a, a the Hindenburg kind of down. So it doesn't look good. I was gonna we'll say the I was gonna say the exact same thing that you said, Bill, about uh, the team uh, will could very well play better down the stretch. And I, but this is the way I think it's gonna go. Um, I, and and again, like I said, this this really hinges on if they make any moves and if they uh, moves for the benefit of the team this season or next or whatever. But I can totally see them playing like they are now and dropping out of the playoff race. And then playing very well the last fifteen games or so, and then getting back in, and finishing as a wild card spot. That's I, that's that's the way I can see that hap- totally happening. Uh, finishing strong, assuming they make a move that would allow them to do that. But but they have if they want to make the playoffs this year, I think they have to make a move or two. If they don't make a move at all, I don't think they make it. Oh, huge save! Mr. Ponder has joined us. Hello, fellas. A freshly shaven Mr. Ponder. Yeah, um, I didn't realize Nick was going to be on the show, so I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> oh, what, what happened to my reputation? Everybody used to love me. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I wouldn't say every, I wouldn't say everybody, Nick. We we tolerate you, Nick. We tolerate you. <laughs> no, Nick. Good to see you, sir. How you been? Oh, <laughs> hey, doing fine. Hey, tell me real quick before I forget, what team are you playing on again in HNA? Uh, the Force. If anybody would like to come out and check out the Force, uh, that is right? my team. C three C two C two. Okay, C two force. That's right. Mm-hmm. I played again recently. Uh, Iceman, and I uh, was looking for him. Like oh, maybe maybe he plays for the Iceman. I get to play with Jeff one time. Maybe one of these days. We took down the Warriors four three victory. Very nice. We lost uh, Monday Ooh, night. U.S. getting another we're, power play. We're pretty much not going to Toronto. We know that now. So too ah. bad. Oh well. <clears throat> Jeff- I know everybody loves hearing the H and A talk. <laughs> <laughs> a buddy of mine went uh, was on a team that uh, had a couple of trips up to Toronto. So, a guy that I grew up playing with, Ben Hallerbach. Oh yeah. Hey, so, hey sounds you made guys, up. I gotta take. I gotta take off. I just want to say bye. Did I get okay. a chance? Did you guys hear? Did you know? I mean, we got big news. Can I announce it? Was it Coach your? Was block? it the? Was it the? Uh, uh, the guest you had on your show? Yes. Ah, I heard. I saw the tweet. Yeah. Go ahead. Build the wick came on. Yeah. Came on the show wow. and uh, we talked hockey. So he's, uh, he's, a, he, he's a good hockey player. Yeah, we we play hockey together. He I asked him, so I said, "Hey, will you come on?" He said, "Yeah." And then uh, and he made some time for us, about thirty minutes. So we had some fun with him. If you get a chance, listen to it. We did. We gave him at the end. At the end, we gave him a a, a moral dilemma slash kind of puzzle thing to figure out, and it had to do with uh, John. It had to do with Joe Madden, in part. So it was kind of funny. He played along with our little game, and it was uh, kind of funny. All right, you guys. Well, hey, I'll catch up with you another day. And uh, am I? Come on, tell me I'm not. Have I done something to offend anybody? I feel like I'm. I'm not. <laughs> just, I, feel, I don't I, feel good anymore. No, I, can't. I was tell giving me. you trouble. Is it okay? Man. You're f- I was, okay, I was we're, giving you trouble. We're good enough friends now, where you could give me trouble, right? Of course, yeah, dude. I've been doing it since I met you. You, All you right. Okay. <laughs> you, you would know that we didn't like you if we didn't give you trouble. That's true. Okay, yeah. that's that's true. That's like a locker room, right? If nobody <laughs> right. talks to you, then you know you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Because I know I got strong opinions sometimes. I just hope I didn't step in any feet or something. Any All right. skates. All right, you then. Didn't, you hey. did not step in my skates. All right, then. Hey, All you right. guys, I'll, I'll catch up to you later. All right. All right. See you, you got it. Okay, see you. Uh, so, Jeff, we were just getting ready to talk about um, 
the well, not much really, but the the Blues saying that Robert Thomas is untouchable. Jr. tweeted that out. Um, that he was told that Robert Thomas is untouchable. So yeah, I mean, who are you going to trade him for? Uh, the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could Scott Stapp from um, Creed. <laughs> oh, there you go. Can you take me higher? Oh, no, stop it. Uh, God, the worst <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, rock I'm, and roll. It, you know, back in the day, I remember back when uh, Oshi, I think he was a rookie. John Davidson came out and said that he was untouchable, and oh. no player is untouchable. I hate that term. It's yeah. like must win game. It just I means hate these types it, of terms. It just means he's not looking to trade him. I, I mean, not looking to trade him, but you know, if he gets a good offer, he's going to take yeah. it. Well, you have to. He'd be stupid if you got a great offer. Come on. And but uh, but you three know way trade you get Ovechkin, Stamkos, and Crosby, and you only give up Thomas. Nah, I'm not taking. That. You know that 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 there's a I think there's a subtle hidden message in in Jr's tweet. You know he said that that Robert Thomas is untouchable, which uh, implies that the other big three prospects that we have um, are up for trades, if you know he wanted to improve the team. So he's oh no I'm not gonna trade Thomas, meaning that oh I I yeah, I trade the other three, so. Uh, maybe. maybe I mean I I, I think why why wouldn't he ju- why wouldn't he just say no there I'm not trading any of the prospects. I I don't know. Basically, I don't know. I mean, you gotta figure he, he's get, he, to me maybe it means the opposite. Maybe I'm crazy. Part of that could be I'm not trading Thomas, which means if you want this guy, you gotta send me the moon. Okay. All right. So it, it, I mean, we don't know. It, it could no. be head games. It could just be that that's just how, what he believes that Thomas is truly untouchable unless he gets an insane deal that probably isn't going to happen. But I, I think he's reluctant to trade any prospects at this point. He's done prospects. He's done uh, draft pick trades in the past a lot. Uh, granted, I don't think any of those prospects really ever turned out to be anything. Um, the only way I can think of that's in the NHL right now is is uh, William Carrier, right? Vegas I can't even think for, of any other ones. But he's done that a lot. So I feel like he knows he can't just go around trading more of the prospects, more of the draft picks, and get very minor return. So I think he's going to be reluctant to do that anyway. I, at least I hope he is. And uh, Pat Maroon was held out of practice today. So, of course, Twitter kind of blew up for a little while. Oh, possible trade. Like I was, we said yeah, earlier Pat in the show. Love Maroon for Berglund in a third. Uh, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. So, what does Maroon make? I didn't look at his salary. Uh, I didn't look it up. Question. Real quick. Let's look. I'm look it up real quick. Keep the show going, fellas. I've got uh, it. You got it. Okay. Um. So, uh, up next for the Blues. Actually, I've got it right here. Uh, he makes uh, his cap hit is one point five million. That's so, it. That's it, and he's a UFA. He's a UFA after this season. Yeah, he's he's going to get a little bit of a raise. I mean, I know he hasn't had a he hasn't matched what he did last year, but he's going to be worn in a little bit more money. But yeah, probably but, not. But he's, crazy more. He, no, no. He, I mean, he, he's he's played with Drysaitel and McDavid. McDavid. Yeah, you know, he's he's yeah. not a he's he's, no. a he's a big burly winger who can put the puck in the net a little bit. But he needs a lot of help to do it, and you know, 
I, I still, Blues, I, I still would have a guy that should be a fifty goal scorer, but we can't figure out who his center should be. <laughs> so let's trade for Pat Maroon. That's that's the thing. I I've said this a couple times. I'm like, if the Blues' only move is Pat Maroon, I'm be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a dump Berglund's contract or Bolmish's contract or whatever. Right. Uh, then I'll be okay. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'll be upset. And now, if you get Hoffman and Maroon, okay, that's cool. Um. But do so some, you guys want them to buy? I want no, not not. I I want the I, I want the Blues to get better. That's what I want. I, I'm not better this season or better for future seasons. Both, if possible. I want well, I yeah. want the obviously that's ideal. Well, I want I want I don't want the Blues to rent players just to make a, a push this season. I don't want to do that. I want okay. the Blues. If they do get somebody who is UFA next season, I want this. I want them to sign him. Unless it's, I'm, I'm with you. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to drill you. I'm with no, you. No, no. Unless like a maroon player, where if you if you keep him losing, it's not a huge deal. Um, Thomas Vanek. It's uh, Vanek. I mean, I don't Vanek. want Vanek. I mean, I, I mean what's what's I, those? Those are the kind of guys that think you know the the Blues will probably wind up getting. I I just no. I I think I can see they're getting Vanek if they wanted to try and add somebody because if they were you know first in the division or something but i yeah i i, I don't i don't see them getting panic with the position they are in now um i i you know to go back to what you said i i would like exactly what you said if you could get maroon and you could get hoffman and then in the meantime find a way to dump off a saboka a Berglund, hell a bowmeister to free up salary room then you can re-sign maroon i'm thinking and when i said raise i'm i wasn't meaning crazy raise i'm thinking 2.5 per yeah. Yeah. maybe three, which that might be pushing it for a couple years. And then that way you got a strong top six going into next season. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything to it, you know, if, uh, it, but there was uh, somebody, I, Joey, Joey Palazzolo maybe said something about, you know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Savoca, could go to Columbus because John Davidson knows the player and Yarmo Kikalina knows the player. Would there be anything there? I mean, who who would come back? I mean, do you, do you go for Brandon Dubinsky? I mean, is does this team need another third line center? I mean, if we're giving up, have they even been open? rumored to be available? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, although Dubinsky, you never know, Dubinsky has. He he was held out of practice and he was sent home from the team a few weeks back. So I don't know. I I don't follow the Blue Jackets closely enough. Um, but man, Team USA third power play of the first period. If they don't draw blood here, I think this does not portend well. No, I could get the 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 Team Canada some momentum. You would think too. Going into the second period, they've killed off. You know. Okay, we've we've had some penalties and we're we're still zero. Oh man, that's a bad slash. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. You know what? Retaliation penalty. Did they get? Did she get a retaliation? She did. Okay. It's, it's Darnell. Oh, Darnell. The only one. Sister. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I was thinking. I was thinking it was a coincidental. Okay. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, could uh, could the Blues make a trade with the Blue Jackets? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because you know what's going to happen. Uh, deadline day or close to it's gonna come up, and all was and a couple guys gonna move that no one thought was even it was talked about yet. Or that's the way it goes. It's gonna happen that nothing happens, right? Which because is probably and I'm not. And that's that's not a that's not a knock on Armstrong. It's that the deadline has been 
Yeah. It's been very the uneventful the yeah. last ever since the. But the, right, we talked uh, about that earlier on in the show place. tonight. But they did say uh, some people were saying that they they did think this year was gonna be a lot more active. Yeah, they based said, on they, said, the last few they years. said that last year. Well, okay, but maybe. I I you know I, mean, I, I hope it is. I'm just saying that I I don't think it will be. No, I I I hope it is enough for the Blues where they'll get better. Uh, not just this season. Um. So uh, up next for the Blues are the uh, the Jets in St. Louis, and that game is is that tomorrow? Tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. Tomorrow. I will be there. Hey. <laughs> against my, uh, tomorrow, against yeah, my... uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, no, uh, no, Friday night. Friday night. It's Friday. Yeah, yeah, Friday. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there too. Will you? Nice. Yeah. Cool. I, I, uh, yeah, I'll be there with, uh, with a group of people. So, um, upstairs, three thirty-three. I'll be up there with uh, like fifteen, twenty people. There it so. is. Hey, USA scores with twenty-five seconds to go in the first period. Power play goal. It's a power play goal. Was that Hillary Knight? It might have been Cami Granado. No, she's retired. <laughs> That's Haley Haley Wickenheiser. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> Team USA. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, own own goal, own goal. Um. So it's Hillary Knight in front with the deflection. Beautiful nice, goal. Nice. All right. Uh. So we can do some uh, blue social media fails. Oh, I'm glad I made it for that. Yeah. It's in my uh, my favorite segment. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is from, I got a one, two, three, three of them on here. Uh, one, two from, t- <laughs> what are you laughing at? The first one, <laughs> of course. Well, here's the deal. So, uh, my cousin and I were talking the other day about a story about Darren Kimball when he played for the blues. So he, he apparently he broke his jaw, uh, down on the landing in a fight. You remember the story, Bill? Um, Okay. <laughs> he okay, and so and they said, well, he broke his jaw, and the team said that it was because of a fight he had at the landing. So I tweeted him. I said, hey, uh, so when you're with the Blues and you broke your jaw, they said it happened during a fight at Lickley Landing. Lickley Landing. I said, one, was that true? And two, what's the story there? Just curious. You know, thought you know, oh, it'll be a funny story or whatever. You know, and uh, he replies with. Wrong lake. Do you know what that? Am I missing something? <laughs> is there a lake at Laclede Landing? I, uh, There's a river. I'm thinking. I, I'm. I was hoping to put this on uh, that I didn't put this on here, and I think. And you guys be like, "Oh yeah, it's a term for this." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know." <laughs> now he he replies, "Wrong lake." L a k e. L a k e. And that's it. I. What could? Okay. <laughs> Everybody, go to your phones. And type in, do the swipe text for lake and see what other words could be coming up. I. That's what I'm doing right now. I don't know. Maybe yeah. fake? No. <laughs> the L and the F are close to one another. Wrong lake. Wrong ladies, wrong latte. And it, and it wasn't a reply. It was a retweet. Huh. I yeah, think. we could have done it from his phone. So it's yeah, like wrong law, wrong, wrong large. Wrong. No, is wrong the wrong word? Maybe. <laughs> but then lake. What the hell is a lake? I don't know. I anyway, no idea. Anyway, I'm maybe, like maybe maybe you broke it on the lake. <laughs> wrong it's, lake. It should be wrong, comma lake. Wrong. Did you do it on? Did you possibly do it on Ricky Lake? <sighs> on the show. I don't know. I, so I, I I read that. I'm like I read it 
15 times. I was trying to think, what the hell does that mean? I don't respond and say, what does that mean? All of a sudden, I was like, oh, well, it's a term for this. What are you, a moron? I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys. Okay, so good. I'm not alone in knowing what the hell this means. Oh, wow. And LKSL History said he tweeted after that, which I didn't see. I just, I just, I just, I just did a screenshot of this uh, before the show started. I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. I'll find it. Oh. Oh, okay. Wrong lake. He meant wrong. He goes, I meant wrong country. Wrong country. Wrong country. So he did this in Canada. What does that mean, though? Wrong, I mean, he did it in Canada? I mean, I meant wrong country. Well, that didn't help any. <laughs> Wrong lake, I meant wrong country. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, okay. I guess he broke it in a different country. It's got to be Canada, right? <laughs> All right. Well, I, 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 I appreciate Darren Kimball's thoroughness in his, his responses. <laughs> his, I don't want to, I don't want to, make too many jokes about the vocabulary but okay anyway uh uh social blues social media fail number two uh do you uh who this was a this was a uh, actually a screen grab of a uh of a blues fans uh twitter their description i noticed that the follow button does not say following. No. So you no, this are is not, not following. This, this was person. sent to me. This was sent to me. Ah, okay. This was sent to me. Um, so this this person followed the person that sent it to me, and they read the description. So it says this is Darlene J, and uh, and it's the Twitter handle Love the Blues for EV. <laughs> And the description is, forever a St. Louis Blues hockey fan. If you follow me, I will follow you back unless you bash the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> There's been a lot of that lately. A lot of the, uh, you know, don't uh, don't trash on me, uh, Blues fans. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple people say that. Um, I, mean, I had a guy last year at some point, I was complaining about, the team and you know the way they were looking and how they were going to go far in the playoffs and a guy messaged me and said some reporter you are bashing the blues unfollow <laughs> and i said buddy i haven't been reporting on the blues in two years and he goes well then i really need to unfollow and i'm like i i still see you're following me you need to hit that unfollow button pal and i finally did <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, don't make me unfollow you. <laughs> oh, please, sir, please. I'm sorry. The Blues will win the Stanley Cup. Um. So the next one's from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Anybody want to take it? Yes, I gladly will take it. Go right ahead. This is, uh, this is from uh, yeah. Kyle Venice. He says, this group is a bunch of self-loathing pussies. You call yourselves fans, but love shitting on, quote, your team at every angle. How about we appreciate the fact we have an original 12 team in our city and talk positive, question mark, question mark. Maybe this isn't our year or the next, but support your family, you ignorant fucks. Uh, 
All that I have to say is, who calls it the original 12? Nobody. Did I miss this? Nobody does. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the, the original six. I love those. The, I love those Minnesota North Stars and California Golden Seals. <laughs> the original six and the expansion six. There is no original 12. <laughs> oh, man. Some people. Yeah. Guys, some people just cannot handle some people saying the Blues are playing bad when they're playing bad. I don't get it. Slightly in this man's defense, which I hate coming to his defense. I'm sure the lounge, this was probably during the game, I would imagine. Uh, the, the Stars, or the, no, the Sharks game, I would imagine. There are people that just go on there and say, trade Tarasenko, trade him, trade everyone. They're all gone. But people speaking off emotions. So he's you know doing what? the same thing. He's speaking off emotions, saying, calm the F down. But yeah. at the same time, you know what? People are allowed to say what they want when they're fans of this team and they wear their heart on their sleeves. Come on, man! You know what? This I mean, guy, this, we're not all going to be rah rah all the time. This guy looks pissed off. He seems pissed off. There's an easy way to just not, just don't, just don't visit the St. Louis Blues Lounge. That's that is an option for you. If this pisses you off this much, don't go there. If you hate the people that much, don't go there. That's an option. I mean, just in general for your sanity, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know, and how about we appreciate the fact we have an original twelve team in our city and talk positive? <laughs> Maybe he's trying to be a, a blue social media influencer. Although, calling people ignorant fucks is not a good way to accomplish that. Yeah, I, I mean, the fact that he's calling everybody ignorant—it's <laughs> just like you're ignorant to how the team's playing, pal. Yeah. People are allowed to say what they want. We're fans. Agreed. Um, our next show, um, I don't know, next week sometime. Maybe. <laughs> is it, is it, or sh- is it just going to be the, uh, March 3rd at Steinberg? Oh. Is that, is that next weekend? It is. It is. Oh boy, I got to get in game shape. So, uh, that's right. So, uh, yeah, our show that week will be on Saturday. Saturday uh, after the uh, Blues and Stars game, uh, live from Steinberg Ice Rink during the Steinberg Winter Classic. So here's my thought, because we always say nine-ish for our shows. Yeah. Um, we we actually start setting up when the game's over, and maybe we'll actually be ready to go at four o'clock. Huh? Shouldn't, huh? Good should, idea. Shouldn't take very long. Nope. All right, cool. I'm done with that. All right, so no show in the middle of the week. We're doing a Saturday show. Yeah, Saturday show. The big shoe. Come on out and check us out. Watch us live. Yeah. And uh, you can probably just come on the air and say something, too. That'll be fun. Maybe Carl Stanky can come on. We got some tweets to talk about. (laughs) Um, Let's see... uh, Bob Rakowski tweeted and said, uh, think there's anything to this or just salesmanship? Uh, I see it's a Jimmy Rutherford tweet that says, the athletic discounts are coming at a perfect time because there's more big news coming Thursday morning. Hmm. I'm going to guess. Thursday morning. Something something big is a stirring, apparently. Thursday morning. Maybe for the, big news for the athletic. I'm guessing. It's got to be. be yeah. and, and I know I know what Bob's thinking. and I'm, I'm sure other people are thinking and, and you know, Jr. did this on purpose. He's he doesn't know 
that there's going to be a trade Thursday morning. No. If that's the case, the Blues have already made the announcement, which they haven't. Well, and, so, and if sorry, there's JR, a trade, I'm debunking you. Right. If there's a trade, why do we need to follow the athletic? Even, yeah. even <laughs> Jim Thomas. Only athletic that, right? subscribers <laughs> will know about this trade. Right. <laughs> um, Bob Brakowski also tweeted us out. Uh, he would like to blow up the second and third lines. We had a uh, uh, discussion about blowing up the team. If we wanted to or not, I think we yeah. talked a little bit about this last week. If you're seeking my opinion, don't blow it up. Retool on the fly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. I yeah. think they've got they've got pieces in place. You just yeah. got a lot of dead weight that you right. have to try and get rid of. Addition by subtraction, get rid of the the dead weight contracts, which every NHL GM wants to do. So how are you going to do it, other than you know a buyout? And the Blues don't that's what this, do buyouts. They can't that's what them. we as we as fans have been saying that about this team since probably two years before they started making the playoffs. I mean, you look at okay, dead weight. We got to get rid of Eric Brewer. We got to get rid of. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of one of those guys that they had on the top two lines back in the 2000s. I don't remember, but doesn't matter. We've been saying that for years. Um, you know, David Perron was a scapegoat for a while. Um, it's every team, like you said, Bill, every team's going to have dead weight. It's just the blues is dead weight is stopping them from making it to the next level, making that jump. That needs to happen. Uh, Deanna, too much dead weight. Deanna tweeted us, uh, social media fails are my new specialty. I found my calling. She's the one that sent us uh, one of those screen grabs. You know, Deanna, we got to have you on the show sometime. She said she would. Well, I, I believe it's open to listeners, is it not? It is. It is open. <laughs> and and she is actually tweeting now. So she has a phone in her hand. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, says, sorry, guy is driving tonight. Mm. I was deliver, driving tonight earlier as well. Deliver a pizza for us, guy. Assuming that's what he's doing. I think I think so. Um, let's see. Do we know what pizza place he works for? I do not. Hmm. Maybe it's Ken Wilson's old joint down there. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl Stanky, uh, hates, hates me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some strong opinions. Yeah. That's for damn he, sure. He does. Oh my, I need to read through this. I just saw all those. Yeah. Um, he, I, I invited him on the show because he, uh, he has some, Strong opinions about goaltending. And so I invited him on to talk about goaltending. And he said, uh, if you people ever grow any brains, I will talk to you. <laughs> and then I said, well, come on. Come on the show and enlighten us. And he said, you cannot be enlightened, and it is not even a complex issue. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, explain it to us. And he goes, there's nothing to explain. And he goes, you have no understanding of hockey. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think Carl Stanky thinks very highly of our show, or us, or probably, probably mainly me. I don't think he talked to you guys. <laughs> I think it's just me. Oh, and he wow, says he, he says people. I mean, come on, man! I never said anything to you. And he says I. Uh, he says he's not a pat. He's not passionate. He simply knows that Hutton is not a quality NHL goalie. So. Okay, he's just proving every night that he at least 
at least belongs in the NHL, but I guess he's ignored that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a year, a full year, a full calendar year where he's led the NHL in GA and save percentage. So Well, and I'll tell you that when we signed him, uh, Predators fans were telling me he's a great backup. You're going to love him. So that tells me he did something right in Nashville, too. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to hear it. Um, so, let's see. What else we got? Anything else? Yeah, maybe about it. Mm. So, what's... Uh, I, I just said Germany made the men's semifinals in hockey. That's... Really? That's bad hockey. <laughs> let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> let's do that hockey. Uh, All right. So, um... I think uh, that might do it for this show. Unless you got anything, Jeff, you want to add since you joined late? Uh, no, except um, I hope to see some of you out there for the uh, Steinberg Winter Classic, whether you're playing or attending or just coming to see us. Um, should be a, a real fun time. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'm not too smelly for you guys uh, because uh, I will be playing uh, probably all day Saturday. So I'm hoping... I'll have time to come home and shower before we record, but we'll see what the schedule says for me. We'll get you a wireless mic. You can sit on the other side of the, of the there room. There you go. <laughs> and, and, you know, depending on how hot, it, you know, how hot or how cold it is, you could just go to that little lake right there by Steinberg and, you know, do a polar, oh, that's a brilliant do idea. A polar bear plunge, you know, bring a bar <laughs> soap. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure that Joe Fresta Jr. would love if a, behemoth hockey player just jumped in the lake naked right next to the rink. Oh, uh, brilliant. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Paul said, uh, you know, Dustin Paul. Oh, I do. said, uh, trade Berglund, Saboka, Yaskin, Thorburn, and Sundquist. Don't care what comes back. <laughs> you know, Dustin Paul's a smart guy. He is my captain for the Steinberg Winter Classic team. So if you like Dustin Paul's tweet, come out and tell him yourself next week at our show. He was uh, my captain in your tournament and when we won. That's true. So that was. Um, He's a heck of a guy. He is. Is he is. Uh, Connor Voigt tweeted out um, a trade proposal: Saboka to Pittsburgh for a first, or Daniel Sprong, Diaskin plus Schmaltz for Maroon, Costin plus Fabry plus a second for Hoffman and Brassard. Costin plus Fabry and a second for Hoffman and Brassard. And how how do you do that? There's no salary cap room. <laughs> Well, well you, in the you, fact, wait, go back to the first trade. He wanted Saboka for a first. Well, we did get we did get a first for Ryan Reeves from Pittsburgh. So. That is true, true. <laughs> and it would be Pittsburgh's first, so it it's wouldn't be. Like I mean, it, it might be a second. Well, I mean, although we did get Clem Costum with that pick, right? I mean, that's true, I guess. But I lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place, folks. Uh, oh, says you. Says science. Um, let's see. Uh, Be nice. The bull says uh, Fabry in a second for uh, Zabinajad. That's an interesting thought. I, I saw that, this yeah. team has a dearth of right-handed power play uh, weapons. So that's that's an interesting one. Would uh would the Rangers? Well, the Rangers have basically said that they're they're going to retool. Yeah, I I I mean I don't know I don't know how much weight this article has, but I read an article that said that uh, Zabinajad uh, would is not untouchable, but uh, unlikely to be traded. So if I you think bl- Fabry in a second is a 
decent return for them, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, Go USA. Go USA. Oh, Deanna tweeted, uh, come on, Carl, stop being a keyboard badass and go voice your opinion in real life. Share your understanding of hockey with the world. We're being deprived. <laughs> we got to get Deanna and Carl on the show. <laughs> got to happen. Maybe eventually. Wow. Physical game. And uh, the Drop Podcast said, if you could have one of these former Blues players back with the Blues, who would it be? This is regardless of cap consequences. Perry Turnbull. And uh, Ben Bishop, Bacchus, Cole, or Stepniak? Uh, tie game. Um, that's a tough one. I really don't want any of them. <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Bacchus, I yeah. guess. Regardless of cap consequences, Bacchus. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah. Because he'd punch somebody because in the locker room. Yeah, I think with, oh man, he's, with the center depth the Blues have, I think you could stick him back on the wing and he'd be pretty dominant still for one or two more years. I loved him as a winger. I loved wow. him as a winger. Wow. He's a good what center. A, but I loved play. him as a winger. It's it's between Bacchus and Bishop for me. But I Bacchus. I'd go Bacchus. I go back to Bacchus. That's a hell of a play. I missed it. Chip uh, coming out of the corner. Chip over sliding defenseman. Bats the puck, gets a piece of it, and uh, squeaks through. Squeaks through the goaler. Well, I think we need to end the show so we can watch the rest of this game. I think so. Um, I think that will uh, do it for this week's episode of let's go blues radio don't forget to check out the blue note sports bar and grill and grill in maryland heights missouri when and also and when they open and also centerized brewery. i still want to say that actually i know it's in my head I know. and also centerized brewery in midtown st louis <clears throat> as well both the great places to go and watch a game i'll and be there tomorrow night yeah you say hi to bill i will i will be there friday night say hi to jeff on friday and uh, also, I should point out, uh, if you guys, you guys probably didn't mention it, I went to the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill Friday, last Friday for the 100th recording of the Blues Hockey Podcast with Jason Martin and Chris Frank. Uh, every time I go in there, I, uh, I have a great time. Um, basically, if you're a fan of the Blues, which if you're listening to the show, I'm guessing you are, um, and you're looking for a cool Blues-themed bar with um, plenty of beer selection, alcohol selection, and... Uh, Blackhawks logos to piss on in the bathroom. It's a cool place to check out in Maryland Heights, so definitely recommend it. Did uh, did Martin make you take your shoes off for the show? Uh, he did not, but um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we we had shoes on the whole episode. It was um, a first for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> For uh, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone. Let's go Blues. Let's go USA. Mm. Let's go USA Blues. Let's go USA. I'll change my vote. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. 
I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.